who art thou, O great mountain? Before Zerubbabel thou shalt become a plague, and he shall bring forth the headstone thereof, with shoutings, crying, Grace, grace unto it. Shouts of Grace Center brings you pure and undiluted word of God from the impeccable throne of grace. Be blessed as you listen. Hallelujah. I want to welcome you once again to our uh, Sunday worship online service. And it's going to be another great time in the presence of God. This morning, we'll be looking at an interesting topic. We are looking at 10 ways to get wealth by the word and enjoy that wealth. You see, that topic is instructive. Uh, there's getting wealth and there's enjoying that wealth. And that is what we are looking at this, this morning. How to first of all get wealth by the word and then position yourself to enjoy that wealth in God. In the scriptures, it is made clear that prosperity begins with God. Prosperity begins in God and ends in God. Prosperity begins in the world. And I want you to understand that there is a difference between riches and true riches. True riches, true riches come from the law. In the book of Deuteronomy chapter 8 verse 18, the Bible declares, Thou shalt remember the Lord thy God, for it is he that giveth thee power to get wealth, that he may establish his covenant which he swear unto thy father as it is this day. So we see from that scripture, Deuteronomy 8.18, that there is power to get wealth, and it is the Lord that gives that power. So we understand. It all begins in God. There is power to get wealth, and it is God that gives this power. And he gives it to any of those people that he wants to give it to. He gives the power to get wealth to his children. But then after the power to get wealth, there's also the power to eat wealth. And this also comes from God. So there's power to get wealth and there's power to eat wealth. In the book of Ecclesiastes chapter 5 and verse 19, the Bible declares, it says, Every man also to whom God has given riches and wealth, and has given him power to eat thereof and to take his portion and to rejoice in his labor. This is the gift of God. The Bible is telling us from 519 of Ecclesiastes that there is power to eat wealth. There is power to eat wealth. Uh, the previous scripture we read says there is power to get wealth. Here in Ecclesiastes 519 it says there is power to eat. So we see the power to get wealth and power to eat wealth and it's God that gives both in the message translation of Ecclesiastes 5 19 he says yes we should make the most of what God gives both the bounty and the capacity to enjoy it I want you to know that the capacity to enjoy it you see God gives power to get wealth and then he gives the capacity to enjoy that wealth in Ecclesiastes chapter 6 verse 2 again we see the Bible says a man to whom God had given riches, wealth and honor so that he wanted nothing for his soul of all that he desired 
Yet God giveth him not power to eat thereof. He said, but a stranger eateth it. This is vanity and it is evil disease. May that not be your story in the name of Jesus. In the message translation of that same scripture, Ecclesiastes chapter 6 verse 2. It says, there are people, for instance, on whom God showers everything. Money, property, reputation, all they ever wanted or dreamed of. And then God doesn't let them enjoy it. Some stranger comes along and has all the fun. It's more of what I'm calling smoke. A bad business. Really, really a bad business when you have the power to get wealth but you don't have the power to enjoy wealth. So we see there's power to get wealth. And there's power to eat wealth. And all of these come from God. There are people who build houses and just at the time they want to do a housewarming ceremony, they die. You see, there's power to get wealth, but there's no power to enjoy wealth. There are people who buy, who, who work and labor all of their lives. And just when it's time to relax and enjoy the money they've made, they quit and they exit this side of the world. You see, they have the power to get wealth, but there's no capacity to enjoy. And my prayer for you as you listen to this message this morning is that God will not only give you the power to get wealth, He will give you the power to enjoy wealth in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. How can we get wealth from God and enjoy it by His Word? You see, because everything begins in the Word. The first thing to do is not to jump out there and begin to do some business. The first thing is to get into the Word and do business in the Word. How can we get wealth from God and enjoy it by the word? This is our subject of contemplation this morning. In the book of 3 John, chapter 1 and verse 2, the Bible says, Beloved, I wish above all things that thou mayest prosper and be in health even as thy soul prospereth. So we see that there's prosperity of the soul which has to come before there's prosperity in reality. Now, the prosperity of the soul comes from the word. And this is very important. It comes from the word. And it has to be in the soul first. Before we see it in physical manifestation. And how is it going to happen by the word? In Joshua chapter 1, in verse 8. The Bible says, This book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth. But thou shalt meditate therein day and night. That thou mayest observe to do according to all that is written therein. He said, for then thou shalt make thy way prosperous, and then thou shalt have good success. In other words, there is something about the word of God that can translate into prosperity and good success. There are three things he mentioned. He said the word must not depart. He said there should be meditation, and then he said you must do, observe to do. So the word must not depart. You must keep on reading, studying, and meditating on the word. And then it says there has to be meditation on that word. And then you have to do what is in the word. Now, we're going to break down these three things. And we're going to use scripture to interpret scripture. So I'm going to read another scripture that expands these three things we need to put into consideration. In the book of Psalms, chapter 1, shall we open there? Psalms chapter 1, verses 1 to 3, the Bible says, Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of discomfort. But his delight, verse 2, his delight is in the law of the Lord, 
and in his law doth he meditate day and night. Verse 3. He shall be, glory to God, he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that bringeth forth his fruit in his season. His leaf also shall not wither, and whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. We see prosperity right there. And in the book of Psalm 1, 1 to 3 that I just read, I want to identify 10 things. These 10 things are the 10 elements that must be in place that the Spirit of God showed me that will help us to get wealth, not only get wealth, but also enjoy the wealth. What are those 10 things that we can find in the book of Psalms 1, 1 to 3? Number 1, blessed is the man. Number 2, walks not in the counsel of the ungodly. Number 3, he stands not in the way of sinners. Number 4, he sits not in the seat of discomfort. Number 5, his delight is in the law of the Lord. Number 6, in his law doth he meditate day and night. Number 7, he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water. Number eight, that bringeth forth his fruit in his season. Number nine, his leaf also shall not wither. And number ten, whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. This morning we are breaking these ten things down. And this is uh, what we are looking at in this service. So let's begin from number one. Uh, blessed is a man. So the first thing I would like to tell us. In our journey to realizing the fact that God is the one that can give us wealth and make us enjoy is that you can be blessed. That understanding, that understanding has to settle that you are a blessed man. I can be blessed. You say that over and over to yourself. I'm a blessed man. I can be blessed. If you don't agree you can be blessed, God can bless you. That's just the way it is. So blessed is the man. So a man can be blessed. And I am that man. How about you? Are you that man? Are you that woman? Because a blessed man is just blessed. That's the way it is. And the opposite of blessed is cursed. Now, when a man is cursed, we know that things happen to that man. Negative things. For example, you see a man, his house suddenly burns down to rubbles and he has accident with his cars. One or two of his children dies. You see, that man is cursed. Now, the reason you concluded he's cursed is because some negative things were happening to him. The same way, when a man is blessed, positive, good things will happen in the life of that man. You can look at that man and trace the blessings of the Lord. I am blessed. Say that to yourself. That's the first thing. In the Amplified Version of Psalm 1 verse 1, it says, blessed, happy, fortunate, prosperous, and enviable is the man. So we see that prosperity is encapsulated in the word blessed. Happy, fortunate, prosperous, and enviable is the man. Hallelujah. In the book of Psalm 1 verse 1, message translation, it says, How well God must like you. A man that is blessed. God likes that man. God likes that man. Let's look at Psalm 115 and verses 12 to 15. He says, The Lord has been mindful of us. He will bless us. And you need to understand that. That God wants to bless you. If you don't accept that truth in your inner man, 
then it's going to be difficult receiving from God. He will bless us. He will bless the house of Israel. He will bless the house of Aaron. He will bless them that fear the Lord both small and great. Verse 14 says the Lord shall increase you more and more. You and your children. You are blessed of the Lord which made heaven and earth. You say that to yourself that I am blessed of the Lord. I enjoy the blessings of the Lord. The blessings of the Lord is upon me. In Luke chapter 11 verse 28, it says, Yeah, rather blessed are they that hear the word of the Lord and keep it. So we see from all the above scripture that a man can be blessed. So I want you to settle with this in your spirit that I can be blessed. Number two. Number two tells us that man walks not in the counsel of the ungodly. We see from there that there is a place not to walk. You can't walk everywhere. What does it mean to walk in the counsel of the ungodly? Let's look at the Amplified Version of Psalm 1 verse 1. Blessed, happy, fortunate, prosperous, enviable is the man who walks and lives not in the counsel of the ungodly that is following their advice and their plans and purposes. So to walk in the counsel of the ungodly is to follow the advice of the ungodly. The ungodly are those who don't have God in their lives. The ungodly are those who may even be religious, but they don't honor God in their lives. And so the Bible says when you follow their advice, you are walking in their counsel. And when you live in their counsel and follow their advice and their plans and their purposes, that is what it means to walk in the counsel of the ungodly. So we are talking about the man that is blessed and how to receive the prosperity through the word. So you understand that the second thing is that you must not live, you must not walk, you must not follow the advice or the plan and purposes of the ungodly. In the message translation. This is how well God must like you. You don't hang out at sin salon. You don't hang out with ungodly. You don't do that. So it, it means. Uh, working in the council of the godly. Speaks of your daily habits. Because you walk every day. That's why it uses the term. Walk not. Walk not. Walking is something we do every day. Except someone is sick. If you are not sick. If you are not bedridden. You walk every day. You wake up in the morning, you walk around your room, you walk to the bathroom, you dress up, you walk out of the house, you go to work. You, you are walking every day. So when it says walk not, it's talking about something that you do on a daily basis. So you're talking about your habits. You take a walk daily unless the person is sick. So you don't make a habit of listening to the counsel of the ungodly. A person can walk contrary to God. And the Bible tells us God doesn't take it lightly. In Leviticus 26, 27 to 28, it says, And if ye will not for all this hearken unto me, but walk contrary unto me, he said, Then I will walk contrary unto you also in fury. I, even I, will chastise you seven times for your sins. Look at what God is saying here. You walk contrary to me, I'm going to walk contrary to you. That's what he says. In First Peter 4, 3, he said, For the time past of our life may suffice us, to have wrought the will of the Gentiles when we walked in lasciviousness, lost, 
excessive wine, revelings, backwardness, and abominable, abominable idolatry. So you see, we walk in these things, and we and the Bible is telling us no, we are not supposed to walk in them. Message translation of First Peter four three. He says, you've already put in your time in that God-ignorant way of life, partying night after night, a drunken and profligate life. Now it's time to be done with it for good. So the second thing there is that you must not walk in the counsel of the ungodly. Hallelujah. You see, a blessed man has to make up his mind that I'm not going to walk in the counsel of the ungodly. A few practical examples of the counsel of the ungodly. An ungodly person, parent or guardian may tell you that before you get married, make sure you get pregnant. Before your wedding, make sure you get pregnant. That's the counsel of the ungodly. Because the Bible tells us that sex outside marriage is an outright sin. But the ungodly will tell you, no, 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 you have to be wise. You have to be wise. How do you know if this person is going to be fertile? How do you know he has the capacity to give back? So they give you, those are the counsel of the ungodly. Another example, don't pay tithes. It doesn't make sense. Those are counsels of the ungodly. Uh, before, you, before you can get promotion at work, you have to sleep with your boss. You have to do th- those are the counsels of the ungodly. And you have to make up your mind before you can enjoy the wealth of God in the fullness of it. You must make up your mind not to walk in the counsel of the ungodly. So the next question is, why, where will I get counsel from? Where will I get counsel from? Psalm 119 verse 24 it says thy testimonies also are my delight and my counselors in other words you get counsel from the word of God number three that man that is blessed that will be successful that will get the power to get wealth and the power to eat wealth must stand not in the way of sinners so we see there's a place not to stand you see there's a way of the godly and there's a way of the sinners. There's a way of the prostitute. There's a way of the fraudulent man. There's a way of a thief. The scripture says, don't even stand in such ways. Don't be found there. In Proverbs chapter 4 and verse 19, it says, the way of the wicked is as darkness. They know not at what they stumble. Matthew 7, 13 to 14, it says, Enter ye in at the straight gate, for wide is the gate, and broad is the way that leadeth to destruction. And many there be which go in their heart. He said, Because straight is the gate, and narrow is the way which leadeth unto life, and few be that find it. I love the way message translation puts it. It said, Don't look for shortcuts to God. The market is flooded with surefire, easy-going formulas for a successful life that can be practiced in your spare time. Don't fall for that stuff, even though crowds of people do. So the way to life, the way to God is vigorous and requires total attention. Every man you meet is on a particular way. You can't just follow anybody. You cannot stand on every way. Number four, that man that will get the wealth from God and enjoy the wealth sits not in the seat of the scornful. So there's a place not to sit. Psalm 1 verse 1, message translation. 
how well God must like you. You don't hang out at Saint Salon. You don't slink along dead end road. He said, you don't go to Smart Mouth College. See, the scornful are smart-mouthed. You don't sit down with the scornful. What does it mean to say someone is scornful? Literal Greek, it says, to make mouth at. You know how you turn your mouth at somebody when you want to scorn the person? It means to scorn, to, to have in the rising. It means uh, 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 to interpret. You see, you, you, your, your pastor preaches a message and then you go and interpret it in your own way, in a scornful way, to make a mock. So the Bible says here, you mustn't sit with the scornful. Why did it say you mustn't sit? Because sitting down denotes fellowship. Do not fellowship with scorners if you want to be blessed and you want to prosper. You see, a scorner enjoys scorning, but it's not the right thing to do. In Proverbs chapter 1 verse 22, it says, How long, ye simple ones, will you love simplicity? And the scorners delight in their scorning and fools eat knowledge. Scorners enjoy scorning. They enjoy just talking at people and making fun of them and making fun of people and like elderly people and just making the mockery of God's word. Don't sit with such people. Don't sit down and gossip your life and destiny away with such people. And this is one reason that a scorner cannot be blessed. Proverbs chapter 3, 33 to 34. He says, The curse of the Lord is in the house of the wicked. He said, But he blessed the habitation of the just. Verse 34. Surely he scorned the scorners. He said, But he gave grace to the lowly. He said, God will scorn the scorner. If you are a scorner, God is scorning the scorner. So he said, Don't sit down with the scorners, lest you be scorned along with the scorners. The scorner is praying to God as God is making the mouth at him. Say, God will scorn the scorner. Proverbs chapter 3, 34, message translation. He said, It gives proud skeptics a cold shoulder. You don't want to be in that place. That will not be your portion in Jesus' name. In Proverbs 19.29, it says, Judgments are prepared for scorners. Stripes for the back of fools. In the Amplified Version, it says, Judgments are prepared for scoffers. Stripes for the back of self-confident fools. You see, the problem with scorners is that they are offended people. And that is why they are scorning. You find some people scorn their pastors. Scorn their parents. Scorn authority figures in their lives. You see, it's because they don't agree with the leadership in some areas. An offended man can be blessed. Make up your mind not to sit with his comfort. When you see somebody scorning, others around him, scorning his pastor, scorning his lecturer, scorning his parents, run from such people. He said, don't fellowship with them. Don't sit down with them. Hallelujah. Number five. That man that will get the power to get wealth and also the power to eat wealth. His delight has to be in the law of the Lord. You know, this is similar to what we read in Joshua 1, 8 as well. His delight must be in the law of the Lord. So we know there's a place where your delight must be. In the book of Psalms, chapter 40, verse 8. It says, I delight to do thy will, O my God. Yeah, thy law is within my heart. Listen to me. You come to a place where your delight is in the word of the living God. You are not being dragged or coerced to reading God's word. It's a delight. And let me explain it this way. 
Uh, uh, what kind of delight do you have for your best food? When, they, when you are hungry and they serve you, your best food, how happy are you? you? I mean, you are so excited. That's the kind of excitement you should have for the word of the living God. Because the Bible likened the word of God to food. He said, that words have I found and I did eat and it became unto me rejoicing. So delight in the law of the Lord. In Psalm 112 and verse 1. It says, praise ye the Lord. Blessed is the man that feared the Lord, that delighted greatly in his commandments. You must delight in the word of the living God. You must bury yourself in the book of Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And then go back to Isaiah, Jeremiah, Zechariah. And then move up to Hosea. And read all those books. It should be a delight. You should move around the scriptures from old to the new and back to the old. You study Delight in Psalm 119, verse 11. He says, That word have I hid in my heart that I may not sin against thee. Look at that. You hide God's word. What do you hide? You, you hide things like money, jewelry, things that are precious. You hide them. Now, he said, Look, the word of God is something you hide in your heart. And then he says something powerful that I may not sin. One of the ways to address a sinful lifestyle is to hide God's word in your heart. You see, when you hide God's word in your heart and then you're at the point of sinning, let's assume you're at the point of fornicating right now, but you've already hidden God's word in your heart. See, as you're about to do that, the word of God that is hidden in your heart will do what? Will rise up from within and supply strength to say no at that point in time. When you don't have God's word hidden in your heart, you're going to be falling up and down. You're going to be doing all kinds of things that is untoward, things that God doesn't like. Thy words have I hid in my heart that I might not sin. And that way, if I don't hide the word of God, I will sin. Message translation. I've banked your promises in the vault of my heart so I won't see myself bankrupt. This is powerful. You see, you bank the promises of God in the vault of your heart so that your life will not become bankrupt. In Psalm 119 verse 35, Make me to go in the path of thy commandments, for therein do I delight. In Job 23 verse 12, Neither have I gone back from the commandment of his lips. I have esteemed the words of his mouth more than my necessary food. Number six, he says, in his law does he meditate day and night. So number six, there's something you must be doing. We're talking about how to get the wealth from God through his word and how to enjoy that wealth. There's something you must be doing and that is meditation. Psalm 1 verse 2. Amplify His delight and desire are in the law of the Lord. His delight and desire are in the law of the Lord. On His law, the precepts, the instructions, and the teachings of God, He habitually meditates, ponders, studies by day and by night. Listen to me. There are depths in God that can only be experienced when you enter into the mode of meditation. There are realms in God that is beyond the physical. As a believer, you are supposed to see beyond your nose. There is something about seeing into the realm of the spirit. There is the spirit of seeing and knowing. 
there are depths in God that will advance your life and make you to be ahead of your contemporaries. And one of the ways you enter into this realm is through meditation. In his law, doth he meditate day and night. It's not something you do in the night alone or in the day alone. Day and night. When you, are, when you have any ample time, you are not studying, you are not in class, you are not doing anything, you are not at work. Meditation, that's how to keep your life intact. In message translation, he said, instead, you thrill to God's word. You chew on scripture day and night. You chew on it. You, you keep on masticating on the scripture day and night. Joshua 1.8, this book of the Lord shall not depart out of the mouth. Thou shalt meditate therein day and night. That thou mayest observe to do according to all that is written therein. Say, for then you will make your way prosperous. First Timothy 4.15 Meditate upon these things. Give thyself wholly to them. Say, your profiting will appear. You see, everybody has a profiting. The problem is that some people's profit are not appearing, some are appearing. The profiting, this, this wealth we are talking about, the reason it's not appearing is you have not given yourself wholly. You see, you have given a part of yourself to God and the other part to movies. You've given a part to God to the other part to phone. You've given a part to God and the other part to Instagram. You've given a part to God and given the other part to social media. No, give thyself wholly. Completely. He said, when you do that, your profit may appear. Not to just one person, to all. You become a global person. It will appear to all. They will need you and they will call you and they will send for you. That's how it works. Meditate. First Timothy 4.15 message translation. He said, cultivate these things. Immerse yourself in them. You see, when you immerse, you submerge completely. You bury yourself inside. You swim inside it. He said, the people will, will all see you mature right before their eyes. Some people are looking for fame the wrong way. The way to look for fame is not to gather Instagram followers. No, it's to dedicate yourself only to these things. He said, your profiting will appear. Addiction to things of the flesh is an addiction to poverty and lack. It's a distraction to your destiny. It takes away time for meditation. See, one of the things that's, that, that steals your time and energy is watching movies. Especially all those movies in seasons. You spend two, three, four, five, six, seven hours watching movies. And you've not meditated in God's word. You've not prayed in the Holy Ghost. You've not studied your word. It's not going to work like that. Number seven. The Bible says, It shall be like a tree that is planted by the rivers of water. So number seven is that there is a place to be planted. It's not enough to be a tree, but to be a tree by the rivers. I pray for you in the name of Jesus. You will not go dry in the name of Jesus. You will have an overflow. You will experience increase. God will add to you roundabout in the name of Jesus. You see, Water is so important to your destiny and your prosperity. You have to be planted by the rivers of water. In Job 14, 7 to 9, he said, For there's a hope of a tree. If it be cut down, it will sprout again. And that the tender branch thereof will not cease. He said, Though the root thereof wax old in the earth, 
and the stalk thereof die in the ground is a yet through the scent of water it will board and bring forth boughs like a plant so you need to understand how this thing works you must be planted by the rivers of water jeremiah 17 8 for it shall be as a tree planted by the waters spread it out our roots by the river you it said he shall not see when heat cometh our leaves shall be green and shall not be careful in the year of drought neither shall see from yielding fruit you see there's something about being by the rivers of water you've got to make up your mind to plant yourself by the rivers of water out of your belly shall flow rivers of living water so the river of water is talking about here has to do with the life in the spirit praying in the holy ghost the more you pray in the Holy Ghost, the more you stir up the things of the Spirit. The more you pray in the Holy Ghost, the more you swim in that river. And you see that river as levels. Talks about at, at the ankle stage, talks about the knee stage and the waist. And then there's a river that, that nobody can swim in. It has to be an overflow. You've got to move from this stage to another stage as you pray in the Holy Ghost and stir up this river. The Bible talks about that uh, angel that comes to steer the waters and the person that gets him first will, will, will get healed. You see, boy, in, in, in these days, you don't wait for any angel. You stir up the waters and the rivers by yourself by praying in the Holy Ghost, by life in the Spirit, by continual, just, just living in the Spirit. You stir up that river and that river will translate into fruitfulness. All right, let's move to number eight. Uh, it says that bringeth forth its fruit in its season. That is, every season will come with fruitfulness. I am praying for us. In this season that we find ourselves, you will be fruitful in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. In the book of Psalms 92 verse 14, it says, Thou shalt still bring forth fruit in old age, and they shall be fat and flourishing. That will be your portion in Jesus' name. In Matthew 21, 34, the Bible says, When the time of the fruit drew near, he sent his servants to the husbandmen that they might receive the fruits of it. There will be fruits in your life in the name of Jesus. Fruits will be found in your life in the name of Jesus. Number nine, he says, His leaf also shall not wither. In other words, there shall be no loss. In Matthew 13, 6, it says, When the sun was up, they were scorched because they had no roots. They withered away. You see, the word wither means to fade away. You will not fade away in the name of Jesus. You will be relevant in the name of Jesus. Everyone will assist you in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. When the sun of life begins to shine, you will not wither in the name of Jesus. But then, what is the cause of withering? What causes withering? In Jude 1, 11 to 12, he says, Woe unto them! They have gone in the way of Cain. What is the way of Cain? The way of Cain is the way of offense. He got offended and killed his brother Abel. They ran greedily after the error of Balaam for reward. What's the error of Balaam? Covetousness, greed. They perished in the gainsaying of Korah. What is the gainsaying of Korah? Rebellion. See, those three things will cause anybody to wither. He said, these are spots in your feast of charity. You do giving, you do sowing. He said, oh, this will be spots, will be, will, be, will be stains. 
They are sports in your feast of charity. When they feast with you, feeding themselves without fear, clouds, they are without water. Imagine cloud without water. Carried about winds, trees, whose fruit withered, without fruit, twice they are plucked up by the roots. So avoid offense, avoid covetousness, and avoid rebellion. You will not wither in the name of Jesus. Number 10. Whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. Whatsoever. There will be prosperity and success. That will be your portion in the name of Jesus. Everything you lay hands upon to do, you will prosper therein. In the book of Psalms, 128, verse 2. Thou shalt eat the labor of your hands. Thou shalt be happy and it shall be well with thee. That is a word of prophecy for somebody. It will be well with you in the name of Jesus. In the Amplified Version, he said, For you shall eat the fruit of the labor of your hands. Happy, blessed, fortunate, enviable shall you be, and it shall be well with you. That will be your story. In this season of lockdown, it will be well with you. You will not regret. You will not be in unnecessary agony. God will help you. God will lift up your head in the name of Jesus. In Genesis 39 verse 3, his master saw that the Lord was with him and that the Lord made all that he did to prosper. As you do all these ten things, I need a fire. God will make everything you do to prosper in the name of Jesus. In Genesis 39, 23, message translation, the Bible says, The earth jailer gave Joseph free reign. Never even checked on him because God was with him. Whatever he did, God made sure it worked out for the best. That would be your story. Whatever you do, God will make sure it worked out for the best. Now, this is the last scripture we are reading. He says, Say ye to the righteous, it shall be well with you, for they shall eat the fruit of their doings. And so I say unto you, as we conclude this message, it will be well with you. God will honor you. He will increase you. He will lift up your head. He will open up the heavens. Pour out the treasures of heaven over your life. In this season of lockdown, it will not be a time of regret. It will be a time of rejoicing. God will honor you. He will increase you. He will teach your hands to war a warfare. He will teach your hands to profit. You will profit. You will succeed. You will be successful. God will give you ideas. He will open the vaults of heaven over your life. He will give you rain in due season. Whatsoever you lay your hands upon to do, you will prosper therein in the name of Jesus. The Bible says, and of Naphtali, he was satisfied with favor. I pray for you. God will satisfy you with favor in this time, in this season. While men are saying there's a casting down, there will be a rising up for you. That will be your experience. In Jesus' mighty name, we pray. God bless you. Have a wonderful week. If you are here this morning and you have not given your life to Jesus, I would like to present us an opportunity to do so. It is the greatest decision you will ever take in your life. If you are making that decision this morning, say after me, Lord Jesus, come into my life. I accept you as my Lord and personal Savior. I declare you died for my sin. You rose up on the third day. From today, I'm a new creature. All things have passed away. All things have become new. In Jesus' name. Congratulations if you prayed that prayer. Welcome to the body of Christ. Welcome to God's kingdom. Please kindly leave a comment or send us a message on any of our social media handles so that we can send you the relevant materials. God bless you. This message is brought to you by Dunamis and Sophia Noah and powered by the Church of the Lord Jesus Christ, Shouts of Grace Center, and Kisses and Hugs Club, an online ministry to singles and married couples. 
connect with us on Instagram at Pastor Dunamis, at Pastor Sophia Bola, at Shouts of Grace Center, at KC underscore global, on Facebook at KC Global, on YouTube at Dunamis Tunde Noah, on MixLR at KC Global. Visit our website www.kcsandhawks.com via our mail at kcpartners at gmail.com to partner with us kissesandhawks.com slash partnership God bless you